Um, we're going to talk about faith um, today. I just felt it was was good for us to um, refresh ourselves more or less in, and um, get strengthened in the power of faith because that's never, you never have enough of that, you know. I was thinking about some of the people who have uh, have their message from God. And uh, Brother Hagen said no matter what he began teaching on, he always wound up teaching on faith. So he could start uh, downtown and always wind up in a certain spot because his spirit was, was trained that that was his message. And um, I think it's important for ministers to know what their message is you know every minister has a message i think if you know yours and stick with yours you won't have to borrow one from somebody else who's trying to figure out what his message is you know and so it's just good to know what your message is you know john Evanzini, we look at him and his message is finances and and taking a very hard line to help people of god understand god's financial plan for all of us and so um and different different people like that fred price is another person that is called to teach faith um that's just the way it is and so once you understand your message it gets kind of easy to to do the rest of it but faith really is the key to our faith we are uh, a people who live by faith christian christianity is a faith and it is a way of life it's a lifestyle So there is a lifestyle of living by faith that we all must adopt if we are Christians. There's no other uh, quote-unquote religion that has this thing about it where faith is central. Now, there is believing in other religions, but faith is not essential in that. When I say faith, I mean the spiritual substance of faith. So they, we are the faith. We are the faith. Christianity is the faith. Because the rest of the, the religions are based on works. If you think about it, aren't they? It's, it's always do this, do that, uh, do this, do that. This ritual, that ritual this sacrament that sacrament so all of the other religions really are based on works not on faith and so because ours is based on faith we know that we can touch god at any time see faith is is more of a guarantee than works because works you get tired Huh? How many of us start out, I'm going to get on my treadmill every day. I'm joining Bally. Huh? You know, in the, the commercials, you look at those people, you feel more convicted looking at some of them people's bodies than you do reading the word sometimes. You look at that and say, man, I could look like that. 20 minutes a day, three times a week. They know they're lying. You know, I mean, you got, you know, because you do about that, just getting up, running around and doing your little something, something, and they ain't moved nothing. So, you know, they kind of hard at it if they got bodies like what those people look like. So, but, you know, we, 
how did I get over there? What was I talking about? Faith. I was talking about faith. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Works tie you out. You ain't going to do that for very long. So we know that. So that's why it's good to have remote control. You can flip that off and go to Food Network, something you can handle. Yeah. Go on over there where you know you're comfortable. Get you a sugar rush. They even making that legal now. Used to try to just have all the nutritious foods. They all forget that. Uh, it's a sugar rush. Just let them have everything they want. Pick out. So anyway, um, you know, but, but see, faith is something that we can all develop. Works is something that may suit you or not suit you. So any religion that's based on works caters to a certain type of person. You know, if you find people who like works but they want to be a little more spiritual about it, you can include meditation in your religious practice. And they feel like they're contacting some God, but they're just, you know, floating around in their mind and being quiet for a little bit and see if something will show up. We have a guarantee with our God that we can always touch him with our faith. See? And it's not really so much our faith. The Bible says we live by the faith of the Son of God. So it is a faith that's been given to us by God. So that makes it 100% faith because you don't even have to work at your faith. Hmm? You really don't. You just have to receive by faith the faith that he gives you. You got it? So you must believe, number one, that he has done everything necessary. And your only job is to simply believe. Your only job in God is to believe. And he makes it easy to believe. Because faith comes to us when we hear his word. The reason you feel good in service and then feel a little lousy once you get back into your natural element is because there's faith in the atmosphere where God is. And you can't guarantee that there's faith in your normal surroundings. The reason sometimes we struggle on our jobs or sometimes in our home life is that there's a different level of faith in your natural environment than there is in your your worship environment. When we have our conferences like we're going to have this week, we everybody loves that atmosphere. You don't want it to quit. You wish you could bottle it up and take it with you. But you have to disconnect from it and take the level of faith that you carry with you into your everyday existence. And that faith is replenished whenever you submit yourself to the hearing of the word. You obey God. But pretty much we have these Ins and outs, ups and downs, highs and lows, but we still have that measure of faith on the inside of us at all times. And God gives us that as a connection to him. So we connect to our God by faith. We must have faith in order to please him. We please our God with our faith. Not works, but faith. Your your works, though, will be determined by the level of faith that you have. You show your faith by your works. So there is a corresponding, Brother Hagen used to refer to it as a corresponding action. So if you believe God, there is always an action that corresponds to what you believe. If you believe that chair you're sitting in will hold you up, 
the corresponding action will be that you sit in it without worrying about it. Hmm? If you ever sat on something you weren't sure about, you're a little nervous about it. But in faith, everybody feels that, you know, if their chairs provided somewhere, you sit on them, they're going to hold you up. And so that's, that's a corresponding action to go along with what you believe. And it is the same way in God's word. There are corresponding actions to go with your believing God. Hebrews 11, we're going to study that some, but I'm just going to really exhort you and talk to you just just basically about faith a lot because we need to understand more about the spiritual tangibility of faith, the spiritual reality, how how your spirit perceives faith to be real. This is what we want to talk about because I think sometimes we miss it because we make assumptions about our believing instead of really, really believing God. In Hebrews 11, it says, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 10.36, though, talks something about uh, that is kind of like an introduction to it. Verse 35 talks about, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence that has great recompense of reward. So this is talking about faith. So faith really is a confidence. Faith is confidence in something or someone. The Bible tells us not to cast it away. Because there is a great recompense or great uh, reward or great uh, return of reward for your faith. That's why the enemy tries so hard to get you to cast it away. Because the reward is great for you holding on to it. And so this is why the, the apostle says, don't be so quick to cast it away. No matter what condition it's in, because there is a great recompense or gathering just reward for your believing God. And so faith then is a confidence. So faith really is a spiritual substance that gives you an attitude. See? And this is why a lot of times when people are not in faith, somebody speaking to them will know it because the confidence isn't there. See? So that's one thing that faith will give you is a confidence in God. There's a knowing confidence there that is not shakable or not easily shakable by something. And you have the sense that something is anchoring you, weighing you, making you stable in what you think and what you believe. That's confidence. So he tells us to not cast away your confidence, which has great recompense or promise of reward or substance of reward. For you have need of patience. There is a patience element connected to faith that brings us into the promise. 
So faith is deposited in you. And patience really kind of holds your hand and walks with you until you walk into the promise. So there is a walking out of your life of faith that must be undertaken. Now, let me tell you where most people err. They think faith is praying and sitting and waiting until it shows up. Faith really is a substance that causes a pursuit. Faith draws you toward what it is God has for you. So the corresponding action to believing would be speaking and walking toward. If Miss Clydell told me that she was going to give me her purse, I'd walk right over there and say, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, and thank you very much. But it's just that <laughs> you're welcome. Jeff welcome. It's just that automatic. See? That's how your spirit is trained to respond to faith and confidence. So when she tells me, she said, Well, I'm gonna give this to you. I said, Cool, I'll take it and I walk right over and receive it. This is how faith is, no matter how long it takes you to get to the promise. It keeps walking toward it, okay? So that's why he says, don't cast away your confidence because there's great promise of reward there for you if you'll continue to walk toward the desired thing. It says here, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. I'm talking about the Lord. But now in this life, he said, in a little while, the Lord will return. And give you the promise. They're talking about the return of the Lord, not just in a sense of rapturing the church, which everybody talks about, but the return of the war, the Lord, that the promise that he's bringing you will come. See, They always saw answers to prayers, manifestations of the presence of God. And they are. And he says for uh, in, in he says, but now in this time, justified people live by faith. So you're waiting for the manifestation or you're waiting for the promise or you're walking toward the promise patiently. So you're not waiting in the sense that you're sitting and and nervously wondering if God's going to drop it in your lap. But your waiting involves serving God. Your waiting involves walking toward the things of God. Your waiting involves other activities of faith that will lead you toward it. And he says now... The just shall live by faith, but if any man would draw back or withdraw from faith or do anything to indicate that they're not believing. He didn't say change your confession, but he said draw back. So there must be faith must must compel us to go forward. And if you draw back, that means that. You're you're casting away your confidence. Backing up is always a sign of uncertainty, doubt, or fear. Huh? Always. Going forward <clears throat> means that you have confidence and faith. So he says, if you draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in you. 
He says, but we are not of them that draw back into destruction or perdition, but of them who that believe to the saving of the soul. So really, faith then causes you to move forward toward your expected end. Drawing back causes God to have no pleasure in you. But going forward also helps you to save your soul. So all of the good things in life are dependent upon you using your faith to move forward in God and move forward toward the thing that God's promised you confidently. Not always wondering, did he mean that for you? Or did God really tell me that? Or did I do enough good things to to earn that? But confidence says that, you, you know, he said he's going to do it, so he's going to do it, and God's faithful. Hmm? So I'm going to proceed as though I believe. And that's what you do. So he says, now the just shall live by faith. Then he talks about what faith is. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we're going to talk about manifestation. This is a word that people use. And I think for the most part it's not used correctly when you talk about faith. And so perhaps if we look at this (laughs) a little bit more closely, we'll get an understanding of what God means. And we'll kind of correct what we've been saying or what we thought we were meaning when we say things. It says here, a manifestation is anything that is readily perceived. Manifestation is anything that is readily perceived by the senses and especially by sight. It is readily perceived by the senses. So the senses are not only sight, but hearing, touch, smell. What's the other one? Like I said. (laughs) So is faith a manifestation? Why you say yeah. Mhm. Is it something that you can see, touch, feel, taste, hear? Huh? What do you say? Mhm. Right. The reason you know it is a manifestation, because of the definition. It says it's substance. Substance is real. So if it's substance, it's got to be able to be perceived. And the Bible says it's evidence. So evidence is real. It's like the bloody glove or the smoking gun. 
Uh-huh. You know you shot that, brother. Because your fingerprints are all over the smoking gun. All right. So evidence is something you can't do away with. It's there. You can try to hide it from somebody, but it is real. So really, then when you're believing God, your faith becomes your manifestation. Hmm? Faith is a manifestation of the thing that you hope for. Then why are we always saying we're waiting on the manifestation? Isn't that, isn't that common, what believers say? I'm just waiting on the manifestation. I think they haven't really prayed in faith yet. I really believe that when people say that, they don't really know that God is going to do something for them. Hmm? Because they would they would have something different to say. They may not be able to describe what they're they're perceiving correctly, but there is a place of confident knowing in faith. If I were to come up to you and tell you God's not going to pay your bills this month, now those of you who have been through some times of sweating it out, praying it in, and you could tell me, uh uh-uh, I know he's going to do it. Listen, I've been worse than this, and he's always come through for me. Uh, so then there's the confidence, but there's also some evidence in you because that faith has been deposited in you. Because you can go up to a sinner and tell them the same thing, and they say, oh, no, I'm paying my own bills. God's never paid anything for me. See, But see, we know by faith that he's the one who's doing it because we call on him and him alone. And he makes a way, shows us a way, shows us where some money is that we didn't know about. Something happens, you know, where he always bails us out. And so that faith has paid off for us. But you don't have that money there. So the money really is not the manifestation your faith is. The money is the promise. So what we are waiting for, we're waiting on the promise, but we already have the manifestation of faith. You have it. It is manifest. It is made real to your spirit. If it is not made real to your spirit, you cannot claim that it belongs to you. Can't claim that it belongs to you. So there's a difference. So your faith is your manifestation because it is it is perceived by your spiritual senses. Now this definition of manifestation of course comes from the dictionaries talking about a natural something natural. But this thing it's a spiritual force and a spiritual substance so it can only be perceived by your spirit but is very real to your spirit. And what we need to find out as believers, how do we know the spiritual manifestation is there? Are we in tune enough with our spirit to know what we believe? This is, this is the issue. Also, definition of manifestation is something that's obvious. Or something is... Manifestation means to make something evident or certain by showing or displaying. 
So it's like Renee said, when you have faith for something, you can see it in your spirit. But there are different ways of perceiving faith on the inside of you. And I think it relates more to the confident feeling that you have about something. It's a wavering, unshakable feeling, a sensing in a real way. So you have to get accustomed to knowing how God alerts your spirit man that he has given him something. Because what has happened when you pray for something and you believe you believe you received it then when you prayed and you actually did. Your spirit got something from God for that thing. Hmm? So it's like your spirit man inside you talks to God and asks him for stuff. And God gives it to him when he prays. Right then or right there. And so you go on. And what you're doing is you're walking out and establishing the promise that you've already received. But there's got to be that substance there on the inside of you to guide you. So what you've received from God is something that has substance to it. It has form. It's actually that thing that you've prayed for, but it's in spiritual form. It's in spiritual form. You're carrying it around with you in spiritual form. So it has to be placed into natural form. In order for you to enjoy it down here on this earth. But there is an enjoyment in the spiritual form too. So that's another manifestation. There is a sense of joy. Rejoicing. Y'all with me here? Am I talking to? Huh? That peace? Absolutely. So what happens then is God gives it to you in the in the spiritual form, but it's fruit. It's a fruit form. You know it's a fruit form because you don't worry about it anymore. You have peace about it. You know it's a fruit form because when you think about it, you joy rejoice, and you couldn't worry about it in a zillion years. So really, this spiritual substance, this manifestation has quite a bit of stuff to it. It's a pretty satisfying manifestation. In fact, you live so good, you wonder why you're so happy and you're supposed to be so blue about this thing. Huh? It's the truth. And you'll like, check yourself. Huh? As to why you're so delirious and everybody else in your, you, you look at your situation, you add up all the pluses and minuses, naturally speaking. Huh? And you think to yourself, well, the job is shaky. The kids don't like me. They're about taking drugs, and I know it. I just don't want to, you know, own up to it. Husband left me. You know, everything's a, But I am so excited about God in life. Huh? Because you have an assurance inside of you 
of things hoped for. There's a sense that you have that everything is going to be all right if it ain't all right already. And then you wonder to yourself, well, everything's going to be all right. Why can't I act like it's all right now? And you decide to act on that and it is all right. And when that promise develops, it's more or less an icing on the cake. So that's what makes it a life that's more abundant. A person with just things, natural things, has an abundant life. But yours is more abundant because in the absence of natural things, you have this joy that helps you to live life in a full kind of a sense. And then when that natural thing comes, that adds to the abundance. So you're more abundant already, even though you're missing a few things. You're already living a more abundant life. And so this is what the Lord means when he says, I have come that they might have life and that more abundantly. So in Hebrews 11:1 1, it says, faith is the substance of something that you hope for. So when the hope has come to the fullness, the fullness of hope is the natural manifestation of it. So you have a spiritual manifestation already. And that thing that you were promised is evidenced, but it's in seed form. And that seed then produces fruit. What we said. So when you receive what you want from God by faith, that seed of the thing that you're promised comes as planted on the inside of you. And immediately when you proceed toward it, fruit starts to develop out of it. And you begin to live in the fruit. So what happens is that you might, after you pray, you might have some doubt about it. And then you reflect on the seed and you think, but God told me. We, we settled that already. And you keep going forward and more fruit develops as you begin to meditate about it. You begin to water it with the word. Your thoughts will begin to water it, et cetera, et cetera. So that thing then actually begins to grow on the inside of you. Now when the Bible says cast not away your confidence... It means don't quit feeding the seed for that promise that's in you. How many of you have house plants? Not no more because you didn't kill them all. Uh, think about it. <laughs> Hello. When you first got it in there, what'd you do? You talked to it. God talked to my plant. Hey, plant, I love you. You love me. I'm going to take care of you. I promise I'm going to water you every day. And then some of them treat them like babies. Coochie, coochie, coo. And get the leaf polish and all that kind of stuff. Now you don't even know where the polish is, where the leaf polish rag is. And stop watering it. You're shocked it's still growing. And it's shocked it's still growing too. Huh? But you can cast away your confidence very easily in the watering process or the tending process. And this is where patience is needed because the Bible talks about the farmer or the husbandman patiently waiting or patiently tending what he's planted until the harvest. So farming 
and and that that branch of of life has a lot to do with patience and just being diligent and faithful to do the same things over and over and over again in full confidence that that crop is coming in Hmm. mostly thank you farmers have some kind of a irrigation system that they can depend on when it doesn't rain as much so that a lot of their interest their time and their effort and money is invested in caring for those plants in fact you sow one time but you continue to water you continue to do that this is why a lot of times people will tell you pray one time you pray again it's unbelief i don't believe that necessarily because I think if you meditate on the word in between, one day you'll pray in faith. You understand what I'm saying? But I think after the confidence comes in, then you understand that God is going to do that for you. And sometimes you'll just think to yourself, you know what, I haven't prayed, I haven't talked to God about that for a while. Well, God, I just thank you. I hope it's still on the way. And then you say, well, you know what, God, I'm believing that you're still going to do that. And I thank you for it. And just, you know, move me to the next level. Or we'll say something like, well, Lord, if there's something else that I need to pray about where this is concerned, just let me know. You know, so there's a confidence there that you have when you know that God is is doing this for you. So in verse in Hebrews 1036, it tells us something about after we have done the will of God, after we have done the will of God, we will receive the promise. So we have need of patience that after we have done the will of God. We receive the promise. Now, what is the will of God? Have you done the will of God where this is concerned? Well, first of all, the will of God is that you believe you receive when you pray. Faith is the will of God. So you must believe you receive when you pray. So did you do that? Did you believe he gave it to you when you asked for it? Huh? And if you didn't, you can. You're not all out of the out of the loop just because you didn't know that that's what you you just see yourself receiving that, and there's a transfer made. So okay, God, I thank you that I believe I received when I prayed. I did receive that thing when I prayed. You know how you know sometimes it won't go away. You try to shake it off of you, and see, because faith is a substance that is unshakable. It's about women, women, those of you women who have been pregnant and had babies. It's hard to get unpregnant once you, huh? (laughs) You cried about it through a fit and cussed your daddy out and all kind of nice things, but you couldn't shake that. That baby still grew. If you ate, it ate. In fact, babies eat first. God planned it that way. So you can try to starve yourself for spite, but you can get thin as a rail sometime and have a healthy baby. It's amazing what God does. Because that is unshakable. It's meant to last. It's meant to grow until it has the natural manifestation. That's the way the promises of God are. They are meant to grow until you have the natural manifestation so the will of god is to obey his word and obey the word of faith romans 10 8 tells us what the word of faith is 
he says but what saith it the word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart so the word of faith must be in your mouth and in your heart it can't be in mouth only and it can't be in heart only you know how sometimes you'll secretly want something and not want to confess it it's not faith Hmm? hope maketh not ashamed why are you ashamed of something that you want from god Hmm? even if you only confess it to the lord Hmm? sometimes some things that we want we don't need to tell everybody you know what i'm saying it's not that you're ashamed to tell anybody or ashamed to want it but you know the warfare that you'll get you know the minute you open your mouth people are gonna say yeah, you're supposed to have that and don't say well you know you shouldn't do that and i, I tried that and I, listen i had an aunt that got married when she was 60 years old and you know she just you know whatever that kind of stuff you understand what i'm saying you just don't want to tell and confess your confession is for god your confession is for the realm of the spirit it's not for natural people all the time but see that's where we make our mistakes sometimes as believers and the 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 little bit of faith we do have sometimes gets eaten up by confessing it in a wrong way or confessing it to the wrong person or letting somebody squeeze a confession out of you you know like you're under an interrogation lamp or something and we do that to one another as believers you know everybody's kind of like got their little weapon out trying to fight somebody with their faith you know i mean it's it's ridiculous to abuse faith like that so okay so so then romans 10 8 says it is the word of faith which we preach that if you shall confess with your mouth and believe in your heart this is how you got saved this is how you got born again and this is how you birth everything else it's a pattern here with the heart you believe unto what righteousness so it's faith righteousness abraham believed god and it was counted to him for righteousness so whenever you believe a promise from god you stand righteous by your faith so you don't need to slobber and confess everything a million times unless of course you're guilty you know when you're guilty you need to clean it up Hmm? but righteousness has more to do with getting rid of doubt in god and replacing it with faith in god Hmm? adam and eve lost righteousness because they believed the devil instead of god you you obtain it by believing god instead of something else so the thing that got you lost will get you found if you reverse it so believing god's word always brings forth righteousness it makes you feel good and confident you ever just have a good time just reading god's word and you sit back and you feel so good and satisfied and like you could devil where you at i'll just bop you in your head i'll cut your throat today i'll mess you up real bad you mess with me because righteousness your righteousness has no equal it's not afraid of anything it can confront anything so you're not being arrogant that's righteousness that's what righteousness feels like so he says here you must meditate on the word and accept it for yourself it actually must go into you 
And let me tell you why you have to believe it for yourself. You've got to believe God will do this for you. That's righteousness. Righteousness means God is no respecter of persons. So you've got to believe that that whoever believes can have it. You can't keep yourself in a category where it won't happen to you because of. That's doubt. See, this is the problem that we have with receiving from the Lord. We have a problem understanding that this thing has to be received by us first without partiality. We've got to know that we, we have just as, as good a chance at getting it as Brother Copeland does. We have just as good a chance as, as Oral Roberts does of getting what we need from God. God has given us wonderful examples in the body of Christ. These people don't get up to us and lie and tell us they, they never sinned in their life. They come with a testimony that shows us that they were average, ordinary people. The difference is that they believe God. They latched on to God in a way that they knew that God would do it for them simply because he said he would, not because of who they are. So when you believe that God will do it for you because he said he would, if you believe, no matter who you are, then you can receive what God has for you. makes all the difference. It makes a difference how you perceive God. If you think you can't have it for some reason, then you're saying he's a respecter of persons and he has no delight in that. You're, you are drawing back and the Bible says his soul has no, no delight in you. Because what God is saying is come here, you've asked me for it, here it is. And you say, no, you can't give it to me because I did this and I did that. Huh? So you're drawing back from God and he's trying to give you something. And that means you have no confidence in him. See? And so we have to have this confidence. Righteousness, faith righteousness, means that the devil never should have let me mess around and believe this because I got it now. See what I'm saying? That's faith righteousness. It knows that whenever it believes in God is no respecter of persons. You can't get excited when you do string three good days together doing the right thing. And think God's going to bless you because of that any more than when you string three bad weeks together doing the wrong stuff. Huh? You can't get excited one way or another about your, your, your ability to receive from God. That's why sinners can come into a meeting and get healed and walk right back out and start doing crack and everything else. And believers are sitting there for years trying to figure out what they did wrong that they ain't healed yet. Hello. So the word then, once you accept it for yourself through meditating on it, the word becomes becomes a part of your believing and your saying. You're believing and saying. You have no doubt and no hesitation. Now, Mark eleven twenty three tells us. That we must believe we have received it when we pray. I would say if you're going to do any visually or imagination, get that one set up. When you get on your knees, 
you see yourself with your hand stretched out and God giving it to you. You can do that when you read in the Bible what God's going to do for you. You can receive it by faith. That's that's happened to all of us. You'll read something in there. You say, oh, I like that. I think I'll take it. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. You didn't sit there and think, gee, um, if I sow, I'll reap. Let me think if that'll work for me. No, there's some things that just click in you automatically and you just walk walk them out believing. Then there are some things that are a little more challenging. Hmm? So God gives us enough easy things. So we'll have a good foundation and something to reflect on and draw from to help us go into the challenging things. The things that are maybe a little bit harder, come with a little more baggage, a little more stuff we got to work through, a little more this, that. But the bottom line is, do you really believe? Did you really believe you received it? So Mark eleven twenty three says, when you have faith in God, this is how it operates. When you have faith in God, this is how he says, have your faith in God. Or put your faith in God. Again, the fact that he told you and he's no respecter of persons. So believe that. And he says here, truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. The things he says will come to pass. The things he says will come to pass. Hmm? If you believe it's going to happen, it'll happen just like you say it's going to happen. It says, and you will have what you say. If you believe it'll happen, you will have what you say. You've got to believe it'll happen, and you will have what you say so that's our stipulation so the word then becomes a part of your believing and your saying i believe it manifests when no doubt and no hesitation are there it is a place that the old saints used to say you know that you know that you know the old school saints would tell you that talking about praying through what are you praying through you're praying through the veil of your flesh you're praying through the doubt and the unbelief that would hinder the natural manifestation or the natural promise from coming hindrances will keep you from making any forward progress toward the thing Hindrances are hesitations to move out toward it. Hmm? Hindrances are hesitations to move out toward something. Your faith is like a picture. It is a substance, but it's it's like a one-dimensional form of it because in order to get it in the natural it's got to be three-dimensional but it feels three-dimensional on the inside of you but it's a picture but inside of you it's pretty detailed 
because let me tell you why if if you have received that thing and you can consider it a seed planted on the inside of you that has to be tended and watered and developed and all that kind of stuff everything from the plant is on the inside of the seed so you can perceive that it's there totally and i'll tell you why the fruit that comes from it gives you a full feeling it's a feeling of fulfillment that faith can give you because what God is doing is he's guiding you and reassuring you that it is real. So he knows how to re- reassure us that the seed that's planted there is real. And so he will give us that feeling of contentment, that feeling of enjoying it, that feeling of pleasure. You could even do that with your own carnal mind sometimes. Sometimes we can imagine ourselves doing things. And until we snap out of it, it's pretty satisfying. But see, the difference between faith in God and your imagination is this. When you snap out of it in the natural, you have a letdown feeling that it's not real. You know that it's not real. When it's faith, you never have that letdown. You're not let down. You, you're more fulfilled. You may step away from the reality of it spiritually for a season. But it's very, very real to you. And you know it's real. And it leaves a real impression with you. You're not let down the way you would be in some kind of fantasy that you conjure up. Just to keep you from being bored all day long. It's not the same thing. It is not the same thing. And so you can tell the spiritual reality of faith because of the impression that it leaves that it is real even though you step away from that faith manifestation of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can have the sense of having it and enjoying it on the inside of you. And that is real and you know it's real because it never gives you that letdown like you, you, you made it up. Even sometimes when you doubt, you'll tend to go back to it after a while because it's real. That's why you keep going back and visiting that place of contentment with God about the promise because it's real to you. And it begins to feed and encourage you when you when you go back to it. You feel better believing than you do not believing. If you can say it that way. Okay. So... All right, so we talked about there's a knowing there. When when you, uh, now I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this business of what they call praying through. Okay. What they what did they pray through? They They prayed through their doubt and unbelief and all fleshly hindrances until they got to that place of knowing. There is the confidence that you don't cast away. Cast not away your confidence. Now, when we talk about praying through, praying takes a lot of different forms. You can pray through. You can say through. You can meditate through. You can counsel through. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes if you have doubt about something, you'll come to the altar and get prayer. And you'll you'll go away with one of the doubts knocked out from under you. And you're more confident. So there's a going through doubt and hindrances that we all have to do that's necessary in order for you to have the natural promise or the natural manifestations so these knowings 
And, and the more things that you get, the more doubt you have dispelled. It's like there's a knowing that comes on the inside of you. And you say, well, I know that's not the problem. That's not why it hasn't happened yet. And then all of what happens is that, that somehow your spirit starts to chase down all of the doubt and unbelief. Once that process starts on the inside of you, it's like there's a sensor on the inside of your spirit that now is sniffing out the rest of your doubt and sniffing out the rest of your and keeps going after it and keeps going after it and keeps going after it. Huh? Sometimes if somebody will pray, you know, like sometimes I'll ask people just out of nowhere, well, how's so-and-so going? And they'll look at me funny like I know I should be praying about that or I know I should. You understand what I'm saying? That's. God sniffing out all your doubt, fear, and unbelief. And see, when that's uncovered, you need to rejoice because you're getting that much closer to the thing. You know, you get that. And why do people get upset when somebody challenges your faith who's in authority over you? I'm not just your little friend nosing in your business. Huh? I mean, I'd like it if I didn't have to be in your business. You see? I can go. <laughs> well, I won't say what I do, but you know what I'm saying. So, so, in, but you know what I'm saying. This, this is an opportunity for you. You're not here to impress me with how much faith you have. I know about how much we all got. And it ain't enough to blow this place apart most days. So we're all working on it. So he says, and so the knowings have chased all the doubt away. So the knowings are kind of like the police to get rid of the doubt. The knowings mean you have searched your heart and all that is there is believing. So don't be afraid to challenge whether your faith is adequate. See, don't ever be afraid to challenge yourself on that level because it will help you. You want to get the, the natural promise into your possession. You don't care about all this other nonsense. How you look and how spiritual you are. And how spiritual we think you are. That's not putting bread on your table. What we think about you is not really not helping you one one bit at all. It's what you think about you is this important. So it means that you searched your heart and all that is there is believing. So you carry this faith substance in your spirit. And when you carry this faith substance in your spirit, the when does not matter. When it happens does not matter. If when it happens matters to you, that means that you have slipped over into doubt. You ever notice that you can have a day that seems to be going wrong, which means you're in the flesh and not the spirit, and it seems like everything that's wrong in your life piles up in your brain all in one day that's a manifestation of just being over in the flesh where doubting exists everything that's wrong in your life exists in your flesh if you would repent and get out of the flesh and step back over the spirit everything's wonderful again oh here's my faith here's my promise here's my joy here's my this here's my that and nothing happened different you didn't win the lottery in that period of time. You didn't, you know, get a facelift or, you know, <laughs> get a fat burning pill or nothing like that. 
you just step back over into the realm of faith believing in the realm of the spirit so it's a matter of where you abide number one where do you dwell where you spend most of your time is what your faith depends upon and your perception of your faith depends upon where you abide so you carry this faith substance with you in your spirit and the when of the manifestation does not matter the when doesn't matter because you have judged God faithful it's in Hebrews 11 let me get it back here again talks about and you need faith to do that Hebrews 11 verse 11 it says through faith also Sarah herself received strength to bring it to pass huh she received strength to both conceive and to bring it to pass so once that faith is delivered to you to conceive the promise you believed you received it and you conceived it you must carry it then and then bring it to pass so it says here through faith sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered so really all you have to do is conceive it and continue to let it go don't cast away your confidence and it'll be delivered to you Huh? you women who are mothers that have, have had babies um, you couldn't stop that baby being born did you you wanted to many times hmm? they can't give you enough morphine and painkillers to <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's just a little, little, little something to give you confidence to stay on that table and not run out of there huh? but that baby came because it was time And this is the thing you have to understand about God's promises and the natural manifestation. There is a time when that thing can't help but be delivered to you. Can't help but be delivered to you because it's time. And so that's all we have to do is judge God faithful. Why did she get that? She was past age to have a baby because she judged him faithful and had no confidence in herself. So after a period of time, it's more about him than it is about you. You'll know when that is because after a while you'll have confidence that you've done all you can do. And you just are standing. And so you get the confidence that everything's done. You know, I've taken my vitamins, kept my feet up half the day. And, you know, gone to Lamaze and all the childbirth. So I'm ready. Just, you know, time. you get that women like in the last month will keep wanting to go to the hospital because they know it's time see everything's done you know you couldn't have got them to do that four months ago but now they know it's time and they're ready to be delivered it's the same thing it is with the seed of faith that god gives us so we'll have all cds today but your faith is your manifestation your faith is your manifestation Your faith is your manifestation. 
when you've done the will of God, you don't cast away your confidence. You believe you receive it when you pray. Some things are, are you know, sometimes you birth rabbits, you know, which is 21 days. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's an elephant's 24 months. And so there are different types of birthing of things, creative things. Some of them take more developing in you than others. Sometimes there's more doubt for the things that we desire than for others. Sometimes the things are not critical to our existence. You can birth a paycheck and a, a, a bill payment much quicker than you can a relationship being right. See what I'm saying? And so there are some things that are, are expedient and, and expedited very quickly in the spirit. And then there are some things, anything that's a necessity and a need, you know you got it already like that. Why would God let you be sit out on the street? So come on, folks. Let's We can walk around in the faith assumption that that's already provided for us somewhere. See, we don't have to labor over that a long time. But if you do have to labor over it, continue to labor over it until it gets easier for you. Mm-hmm. I remember working in maternity and we had one lady that, that almost had a baby a year. And she was having her eighth baby. And they would take bets on whether she even made it to labor, you know, before the baby was born. You know, after a while, things happen real quickly when your muscles are you know attuned to it and all that kind of stuff and so you know a lady had eight babies you think well she could have us at home and just bring us the baby because she knows by now how all this goes and it doesn't doesn't take it's not going to take 36 hours like it did with number one and so these are are the ways that god teaches us in the natural the things that are related to in the spirit they're very very similar so once you've understood faith in a sense where you know how to press into God and get the things. It's like a path that you take that gets familiar to you the more you're on the path. That's why you need to use your faith every opportunity you get. Hmm? That's why we have you use your faith for everything. I know you have a good job and you could easily pay for the conference out of your next paycheck. But plant the seed first. Go the seed route and let God help your faith develop instead of you doing everything by natural means. So this is why we do things this way. Because that faith you're always going to need. You're going to need that when your job ain't cool. See, You're going to always need to be able to get things done in God when things are not right. So this is why we do what we do. And this is why your faith is your manifestation. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for... Allowing us to have a a part of your understanding today in understanding that our faith is our manifestation. It is our spiritual manifestation of the thing that we hope for to come forth in the natural. So we thank you, Lord, for allowing us this understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord.